Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Today in the Stew, we are discussing the Indianapolis Colts, my favorite team. Sleepers, the upcoming draft schedule, everything Colts. I'm going to have Luke Verkamp from the Blue Stable on uh, his website pe- uh, podcast. They're going to be on the show today. Uh, excited to talk to him about that. Go ahead and uh, like and subscribe as you can. Uh, jump on there and, and give us comments if you can. All that good stuff. We are getting ready to go. You're in the stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. I bet your roster in picking choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce you did the stupid JT proof. Everybody, welcome. Uh, glad to have you. Luke is on the show today. I've been super pumped to talk to him a while back about getting on the show here, talking about my favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts. Been a Colts season tickle holder for oh, 15 plus years here. Uh, got into them big time. I go back and tell everybody kind of. I was a Marvin Harrison and uh, Marshall Falk fan in college. That's how I became a Colts fan, actually, and then happened to come upon some season tickets. Uh, one of my dad's best friends uh, ended up moving, and, and I was able to snag his season tickets, and I've been a Colts uh, diehard ever since. Uh, Luke, kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you become a Colts fan? Yeah, so I, I grew up in southern Indiana, born and raised, um, so I grew up and mostly the Peyton Manning era. So I got to experience the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And it just, I've always liked the Colts since then. Um, but yeah, it's become such a big thing for me now that I joined the Blue Stable. Um, I am their photographer and website developer. So if you go to bluestable.com, that is my work. Um, and then I know we've went up to Colts training camp, got some photos from that last year. Super exciting. Love the Colts. As you can see by my background, I got a bunch of jerseys back here and everything. But yeah, basically lifelong Colts fan. Yeah, uh, talk about training camp a little bit. I I took my son up there last year, went to it. It was a really cool facility. I had never actually been. Uh, I've gotten invited a lot of times as a season ticket holder. They send stuff out and I just had never gone. Kind of talk about that because it's a really cool thing to do if you're a fan. It's also really family friendly. Oh, yeah, super family-friendly. There's so many activities there. Um, I know last year I got a, I was very lucky to be able to go as a media member for four times. Um, but, yeah, it's, there's so many activities there. They open plenty early before practice to where you can go around with the kids and stuff like that. Um, a lot of times they have, like, former players or other people that you can get autographs from. Cheerleaders are normally around there somewhere. Um they got plenty of room to be able to watch the whole practice. Um, it, it's such a great experience. I, I try to go at least once a year, and thankfully, like getting the media passes and stuff like that, I'm going to try to go a few times every year now. 
yeah, after I went last year, I was like, oh, I got to start putting this on the schedule and make sure I try to get out there uh, at least one time with the kids. Like I said, there's all kinds of activities. They can run the 40 yard dash, catch punts, uh, you know, run over, you know, I, I really enjoy seeing, Yeah, I really enjoy seeing the kids like try to put their handprint in like other players like handprints. They like make the molds of them. That's always like you see DeForest Buckner's giant hand and then like a little kids like trying to see how big his is. I was oh, going to say crazy. that was hilarious. My son uh, went up and stood next to DeForest Buckner's like cut out that. And he was like, he's not yeah. this big, is he? I was like, yeah, he's that big. He's like, oh, he, like his face was hilarious because he just was like, I can't believe I, I know he looks big, but I can't believe he's that big. So that was uh, right. that's always a, a pretty fun thing. Uh, let's just jump into it here. I, the draft is a couple months ago. I know everybody came out immediately. A lot of good reports. Everybody really happy for the most part, given the uh, Colts a really good draft grade. Uh, a little bit more time to let it sit in, kind of see where these guys are going. Um, let's kind of just go down the list and let's talk a little bit about kind of who we think here. Obviously, you know, the big name, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida got taken in the first round, fourth overall pick. Uh, I was actually just leading up to this. I was watching a couple other podcasts and watching people's reactions of when AR got taken. I actually was at the draft this year in Kansas city uh, in my Colts here in, and I'm I'm an AR guy. I was a CJ Stroud was my number one pick. I wanted CJ Stroud, but if we didn't get him, I wanted Anthony Richardson. I'm a, a not a Will Levis guy at all. So I was in there chanting like no Will Levis. And so uh, it's just funny to see everybody else's reactions. Kind of what did you think when you first uh, heard the news or saw it on TV when they took a Anthony Richardson? Yeah, so I was kind of in the same boat as you. I really like CJ Stroud, but if we weren't going to get CJ Stroud, which I was figuring probably not. Um, Anthony Richardson was definitely the guy for me, um, which funny story. I put few bets in on Anthony Richardson going four overall to the Colts. And then like 15 minutes before the draft started, a lot of lines for the first, second, third overall picks got locked because they knew who the picks were going to be mm-hmm. because they are had Bryce Young going one. They had CJ Stroud going two. And then all of a sudden the Colts, Went from Richardson being the favorite to Will Levis. He was like minus 2,000, which is like crazy high odds. And I almost cried seeing that Will Levis might be the pick for the Colts. And whenever I saw Anthony Richardson was getting picked, I almost cried again, but tears of joy. So... Yeah, I was yeah. I, if I would have had my phone out, I was my phone was dying. It was getting terrible reception. There were so many mm-hmm. people in one area there at the draft. But if I would have saw that minus two thousand, I would have lost it too. I had quite a few uh, different bets in his, uh, like you in there. I actually hit one on C.J. Stroud. I had him going as QB two, and then I actually had um, Devin uh, Witherspoon and I had Dalton Kincaid as the first cornerback and the first tight end going. So that was a nice little hit yeah. when I got both of those guys. But yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I, I told people I was screaming like a little girl when AR got picked. I was like, yeah, I was going nuts. Cause I, I, I just think, you know, I was a little down on him coming into the draft just from college tape, looking at everything. But the more and more I got looking at him, the more and more I got used to the idea of, okay, maybe look at this guy as coming in as 
as just an athlete, a guy who can you can build as opposed to expecting him to be a CJ or a or a Bryce Young who comes in and you think, hey, we got to win right away with these guys. I took I started thinking about it and I'm like, oh, I like the Gardner Minshew signing. I like the idea of giving AR a little bit of time. I liked his interviews. He just seems like a football fan. Uh, obviously, you got to love the athleticism, the size. I mean, you just can't teach that kind of stuff. Uh, and so the more and more I liked it, I obviously his accuracy scares me a little bit. But the more I watched him on tape, I was like, he throws a good deep ball. He does a lot of things well. There's just some little things that he needs to clean up. And looking at how young he is and how little he's played, I don't think it's as big as a project as maybe originally anticipated. Yeah, I think like early on in the draft process, a lot of people were seeing him as such a big project quarterback. And I think really, I know we've heard it a lot over the offseason, but I truly think that it's just the inexperience. He just doesn't have those stars that the other players have. Um, and really, I know there's that big debate on whether Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson, like, to start and to me I feel like it should be Anthony Richardson just because we know this year we're not going for it all it's just kind of like a see what we got try to build up and try to mold Anthony Richardson and so if you're trying to mold him I know Steichen already said that he thinks the best way to get that is by experience yeah, the one thing I'm always worried about with rookie QBs, if you put them in there on a team that's that's a bad team with a really bad offensive line, I'm always afraid that they're going to get bad habits. They're going to start falling away on all their throws because they're just getting hit in the mouth every play on blitzes. That's the thing that I'm always worried about. But I feel like this is a better situation for him. I feel like if you put him on maybe the Texans, I don't feel so good about starting him right away. But I feel like on yeah. the Colts with their offensive line and the players they have around him, you know, a lot of banged up guys last year. But I, I don't feel like that's the case with the Colts. I feel like you could put him in, he can learn, and he's not going to get just destroyed to where he just, you know, starts creating all these terrible habits. And he's just throwing the ball away, or he's running, you know, in two seconds because he just feels like the pressure is coming at all all costs. So that to me feels like a better, a better way to start him. And I was definitely a Minshew guy. I thought, let's go Minshew the whole year. Let's do a Mahomes year. Let's sit him the whole year. And I'm kind of coming off that as I'm getting into here. I'm kind of saying, well, yeah, maybe it is the move to just, you know, if he he can show it, maybe we do get him in there right away and see what he's got. Yeah, it, it's funny because, like, I really like Minshew as well. I think he's, like, one of the best backups in the league. Like, very good spot starter like Jacoby Brissett was and stuff like that. Um but with the whole Mahomes thing, the problem is, is we don't really have an Alex Smith. Like Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. is really, it's pretty solid, but he's no Alex Smith. Um, but yeah, it truly, I, I just really think that the fact that they really aren't pushing for a Super Bowl this year, like that's the whole reason why they got a bunch of extra draft picks for the death and getting young guys to trade away Stephon Gilmore. They're really just trying to go young and try to build for the future here. 
Yeah, and we'll keep we'll talk about a little bit more of that as we get going on here with some of the pickups and the some of the drops and kind of get your uh, thoughts on that. Let's uh we'll keep jumping through the draft here a little bit. Uh second round pick, uh an indie kid. Uh, I know a lot of people I saw come to the draft were were kind of leaning, they hope that they got him. Second round, 13th pick of the second round, Julius Brent's cornerback out of Kansas State, a tall guy, good size for a DB. What did you kind of think about that pick? Yeah, I really liked it, especially since he's a hometown kid. just makes it that much easier to root for him. Um, I actually had the privilege of also going down to Mobile, Alabama, to watch the Senior Bowl practices and being able to see him down there as well as another cornerback that we drafted later on, uh, Darius Rush. It, it was so awesome to just be able to see like these guys play there at the Senior Bowl. Um, but, yeah, very – happy that we got a nice young cornerback that hopefully can eventually become that quarterback one. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a really uh, prudent move for the Colts to move down a couple spots, knowing that Brents was still there. There was quite a few other cornerbacks there, so you weren't scared that someone might jump in front of you and get him because he was the the top uh, cornerback on the board. So I actually thought that was a really nice move. And we'll see that as we talk about later in the draft here, some of the more guys they were able to pick up because of that as the extra uh, draft capital of their pickup. But yeah, Brents is a guy I like. I think he fits their system. Got good length. Uh, I thought it was a really good pick. Uh, you know, we've learned in the NFL can't have too many cornerbacks uh, for sure. Uh, third round. This is one of my favorite picks. Uh, I just thought it was great value. Got him right where he wanted to. Third round, 16th pick overall. Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Yeah, Josh Downs, like, I was not expecting to be available for us that late into the draft. Like, I was ex- like I was seeing so many mock drafts with him being, like, early, mid, second rounder. And for us to get him in the middle of the third round, oh, it's was, it was just perfect. Like to me, honestly, like outside of Anthony Richardson, I my personal favorite pick outside of Richardson was Josh Downs. I agree. With you. I was a huge uh, Downs fan. He was one of my favorite guys coming in the draft as far as wide receivers were concerned. Um, you know, he was right out. Even though he went in the third round, he to me is not that far outside of those guys that went late first round. I felt like he, you know, Zay Flowers really jumped up the board. I like Zay Flowers, but I thought uh, Downs was right in the same, uh, you know, comparisons with him. I, I know early in the draft process, a lot of people had Downs over Flowers, and I saw a lot of you know late first round for Downs originally, and then that top of that second top there. So when he fell to the third. I, I wasn't anticipating them going wide out. I knew they would somewhere. I just didn't know when. And when he fell to third and they were able to get him in the third, I was I was stoked. I was like, this is – I mean, I would have taken him in the second round, but I know they needed cornerback, right. so I didn't get my hopes up. I was like, oh, he's here. They're not going to take him because they need need cornerback. But when he dropped the third, I thought it was perfect. And he just feels like a really great fit for this team. You already yes. got Pittman on the outside. You got – your big guy, Alec Pierce, last year in the second round, you know, and I feel like he's filling that slot role and taking over that spot. The TY's gone now. I he just feels like a great fit for this offense as those guys can really work the deep routes, middle field, and the downs can kind of work everything else. I just I'm really excited about what he can do. Um, I've been picking him up in mock drafts everywhere. I uh, yeah. I, I'm in the middle of a mock draft right now, and and I had the pick at the top of the second 
and I was like, I really wanted to take him. I really wanted to take him, but I ended up making a trade for uh, Christian McCaffrey. And so I lost my two, one oh, wow. in that trade and downs ended up sliding all the way to three, one. And I was ecstatic. I got him at three, one. I was so pumped. I was That's like, Oh, that's great. Right. That was the guy I was going to take at two, one anyway. So now I got him and CMC in the deal. So I was, uh, I was happy about that. You know, Fantasy wise, I don't know what kind of return he's going to get you this first year with AR because I don't know how much he's going to throw. But I really like the future with this group. You know, you got a young AR, but he, you got Pierce and you got Downs, two guys that going to have a lot of years to work with him. And then hopefully, you know, they keep signing Pittman and he stays around for a while. And I just like this young core at the at the wide receiver group. So I would that was a guy I just thought was an absolute steal in the draft. Then I guess they also helped. Go ahead. I, I guess it, was, it, it does help that uh, Reggie Wayne says that you were the best receiver in the draft, and now you're on that team. So that, that is for sure. Be, Any uh, praise from Reggie Wayne is always huge. I, you know, I love Reggie. I, I love that he's, uh, you know, the the wide receiver coach. I just think he's going to just coach up this group and make them so much better. Uh, it, I just like it. I, it. Again, I think Downs is right in that group. I think I was a big Jordan Addison fan. I like JSN, um, mm-hmm. but I thought Downs was right there with Quentin Johnson. I'm obviously a different size guy, different type of wide receiver, but I thought he was right there with him and Flowers. Uh, so you know, again, to get him a whole round and round, round and a half later, I just think was an absolute steal for them as far as value wise. And then we got the fourth round. Everybody talked about it. We need some, uh, you know some offensive line help. They went out fourth round, fourth pick of the fourth round and got Blake Freeland, an older guy from BYU, really big guy. And I've been hearing just good things uh, from OTAs about him uh, so far. Kind of excited about what he can bring to it as far as a fourth round pick. Yeah, definitely. I got to say offensive line, we all know last year it was not fun to watch. Um, Obviously, I'm – Hoping Quentin Nelson will rebound back to Pro Bowl, All-Pro form. Um, but Blake Freeland, I saw some people saying that he could be like that swing tackle type player. We'll see what where he ends up fitting in. But, yeah, I, I'm very excited for to see how the offensive line looks this year. Yeah, I just think it was a nice ad. I, I'm not as down on the O-line as everyone else is. They, they were just banged up the, last year. They were moving guys That's around. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan was just not getting rid of the ball. I just, it just, it seemed like it was just a, a combination of everything that was going wrong at the same time. I actually right. feel like this group could be a lot better. Uh, I think the idea that AR will have that running ability. I mean, that's going to help the O line a little bit, you know, a banged up Jonathan Taylor, man, people were just coming at us when he was out. And so I think a, a healthy Jonathan Taylor makes a huge difference. So I like where this is going. Obviously, uh, yeah. Uh, why am I blanking on his name last night? The tackle from Central Michigan uh, last year uh, that they got in the draft. Oh, yeah. Um, Reamer, right. Reamer, yeah, I've been blanking right. But yeah, I just, you know, he was a young guy. He hasn't had a lot of experience playing. He played last year. You know, it showed big time. But you hope he kind of learned from that and then getting this whole offseason uh, will kind of and like you said, all those other guys kind of bouncing back. Uh, fourth round, this is, you know, obviously going to brutalize his name fourth round pick uh eighth in the round defensive him adatamua aduba war from <laughs> northwestern always uh butchering those ones up there i'm gonna i'll throw up a little slide so people can 
kind of see and knows his name. But I just I, another guy that just impressed big time at the combine, and just another Northwestern guy. The Colts love those Big Ten Northwestern guys. Uh, what do you kind of think about that pick? I thought it was a, a really sneaky pick there in the fourth round. Yeah, I, I really liked it as well. I mean, Chris Ballard just loves his athletic freaks. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like he's going to fit really well in Indianapolis. And it also seems like you can't have enough cornerbacks, but you also can't have enough defensive ends. So very excited to see how Aid. I'm just going to go with Aid yeah. for right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, he's that type of guy that can slide in and play inside on the pass rush downs. Uh, you know, if you need to get uh, Grover, uh, Stewart, some of those bigger guys off there on the pass rush downs, I think he's maybe a guy that can slide in and play some slots. Um, obviously, been drafting defensive end quite a bit the last couple of years. Uh, and I I just think he's another guy you just add the mix. You, you, you know, we've missed on some guys. There have been some DNs they've taken that just have never really worked out. But I think you just keep, keep taking guys, take them in the profile you like in – you know, he kind of reminds me, uh, he's got a really good size, but he kind of reminds me of the old school Peyton Manning days where they were just getting guys that were super athletic. They didn't care yeah. if they were a little undersized. You know, if everybody kind of like, well, he's kind of short, his arms aren't long enough. And they just got, you know, the Dwight Freenies, they got the Mathises, they just got the guys that they liked. And I kind of feel like he fit, he kind of feels like he fits that mold of those types of players. Yeah. That's a, re- that's a really good comparison. Yeah. I, hopefully he can turn out to be like one of those guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, the, the high expectations there, but that would be amazing if he's anywhere in that realm. Uh, this is another pick, uh, next pick off the board for the Colts that people were just raving about once they made the pick. Third pick of the of the fir, uh, fifth round, excuse me, third pick of the fifth round, Darius Rush, the cornerback out of South Carolina, um, a guy, his teammate went really high in the draft. I think a second round of the Dolphins. Uh, he dropped a little bit further because he didn't quite have the athletic makeup. Uh, it didn't do, you know, quite as, it t- didn't test as high or as well at the, at the combine. But man, once they made this draft pick, I just heard people raving about him. Yeah, I got to say, I saw a lot of mock, like, I know some of our writers at the Blue Stable had mocked him in, like, the third round to the Colts. So, for us getting him in the fifth, I felt like it was a very good value. And I know some people have made the comparison, but the last time we drafted a Darius out of South Carolina, it turned out pretty well. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely for sure. And I, I think he's that one of those guys they talked about, you know, he could play that nickel corner. He's really good in space. He's maybe doesn't have that top end speed, but he's just a guy that's physical, plays tough, has good size again, you know, trying to get guys with solid size uh, out there in the secondary. I just love that pick. Yeah, he's a guy I thought would go, you know, mid to late third round and and to see him slip all the way to the fifth and then grab him. I just I thought that was, you know, a fantastic move by them. Uh next fifth round pick, a guy that I wasn't quite as familiar with. Kind of uh, I had to actually look him up and kind of see uh, you know, do some film, look at some film, look at uh some things about him. But fifth round, 23rd pick in that fifth round, they took Daniel Scott, the safety out of California, uh, has got, again, another pretty good athletic profile. Yeah, I got to say, I also wasn't as familiar with him, but I did see that he was on the Senior Bowl roster as well. I went back through my photos and I saw the Cal helmet and everything. So, yeah, he was at the Senior Bowl, another Senior Bowl guy like Chris Ballard loves. Um, But, yeah, I... I'm excited to 
I see him work into the safety room because there's a lot of question marks with the uh, safeties with Julian Blackman being out for a bit. Um, and yeah, I, we'll see if he can make himself a role in here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how he fits in. Uh, you know, they've got uh, – I like the safeties they have, but they've got a lot of young guys and experience that have been kind of banged up the last couple of years. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if he can kind of fit in there and and make a little bit of a, a role for himself. Another fifth-round pick, as you said, the Colts uh, you know, kind of added some picks by moving back uh, uh, in the draft a few times. And is able to get five fifth round picks. The third of the fifth round pick was tight end Will Mallory out of Miami. He was the fifth, twenty uh, seventh pick in that fifth round. This was a position where there's a couple other guys I really wanted him to take, but they ended up taking Mallory. Uh, but I, high athletic profile, uh, you know, kind of a guy seems to be like not. You know, I always hate to make these comparisons because they don't want to freak people out, but it kind of seems like that Dallas Clark type. The guy's going to kind of play the slot, uh, kind of be a big slot receiver, uh, catches the ball. Seems to be much more of that as as far as a, a slot guy instead of an inline blocker. Yeah, I know Mallory was definitely one that I was not expecting, especially if we were going tight end. I figured that we'd be focusing more on a blocking tight end. Um, but I'm interested to see on like what tight ends the Colts actually keep this year, because I mean Jelani Woods is definitely probably staying on the roster. But then it's like you also have Colin Grayson still there. Andrew Ogletree really made a name for himself at training camp last year. He made a lot of big plays, arguably the best tight end in training camp last year before his injury. Um, Mo Alley Cox is still on the roster, and now we have Mil- Will Mallory as well. It's just a very crowded room. Yeah, I was really surprised to see them go tight end just because they have so many guys and they like the guys they have. And they've been kind of building up with Granson, uh, Ogletree, you know, Woods. You still got Mo Alley there. I mean, it, it just seems like a really deep room. I was a little surprised they spent a pick on him there. The guy I would have loved to see him go just indiana style i would have loved to see him take Payne durham for purdue he's a guy yeah. just i i just think he doesn't have the athletic profile that the colts usually look for they usually look for those superior athletes but man he's just a guy that reminded me of of, of doyle just a guy that just makes plays gets in the right spot gets in space and helps you out you know maybe not the athletic freak you want uh typically but man i just liked him at purdue i thought he made plays and i just thought that would have been a great fit uh if they went tight end i thought that would have been a great fit for them to grab him there yeah i gotta say i know Payne durham was also at the senior bowl we were taught like it was me destin from uh blue and everything and we were all talking about uh about Payne Durham potentially being on the Colts, being on their radar because he's also one of those Indiana kids and stuff like that. Try to keep him home. But yeah, Will Mallory definitely was a little bit of a surprise. The other slight surprise to me, and again, we told him the Colts really love themselves some Northwestern kids. They love the Big Ten. Uh, so many, you know, Michigan, Ohio State guys have been on the team over the years. But the last pick of the fifth round, 41st overall in that round, Running back Evan Hull out of 
Northwestern. He's a guy I saw a decent amount of. Obviously, Northwestern was not a very good football team. The guy put up really solid stats, Was had one of the better receiving profiles. So that made sense to me. They went with him there. I was really, man, I was really hoping they would take a, sh- a shot on a guy like Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, who ended up going undrafted, uh, but was a guy who was super high on my dynasty ranks, you know, coming into the season in, in mid-year until he had the heart problems and uh, and couldn't um, – couldn't do the combine, couldn't do this, the pro day, and he ended up going undrafted, eventually signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, man, I was sitting there going, I would love to see them take a shot on him because I just thought he he would be a good fit there. And then another guy I really wanted to see in the fifth round was Chase Brown out of Illinois. Those were the two guys I really want to see. I thought if they would have taken Chase Brown, he would have been a great backup to Jonathan Taylor because he just not he's not as quite as athletic as Jonathan Taylor, but man, he put up really good numbers at the combine, and he was just another one of those hard runners, uh, you know, in that Big Ten system like JT was coming out of Wisconsin, and I just thought man, they would maybe go with him uh, with those ties, and they didn't. They skipped him. They went. Uh, he went a little earlier than Hull, but they could have got him, I think, where the Scott or Mallory pick was. He was still on the board. Uh, ended up going to the Cincinnati Bengals. But I actually think Hull can make some room for himself on this team, and I actually, you know, I've had people talk to me like, what do you think about him dynasty-wise? What do you think about him, uh, you know, just in fantasy football? I think he's a guy that I'm trying to get if I can pick him up. I think he's not a pure handcuff for Jonathan Taylor, but I think he's a guy that definitely in a PPR league uh, will have some value as a flex play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw it with Naheem Hines just like a few years ago where in PPR leagues, he was very worthwhile. He was the 15th running back overall in PPR leagues just back in 2020. So, Evan Hull could easily take in that Naheem Hines role now that he is gone. And Zach Moss is not really that receiving down back. So I could easily see like Zach Moss just being like the ground and pound backup for Jonathan Taylor, but Evan Hull being that change of pace back, being that Naheem Hines that we used to have. Yeah, I agree that they just haven't been able to uh, find a guy since they traded Hines away to kind of fill that role. And Hull feels like that kind of guy. I really like him. I thought it was a great pickup. Does great receiving profile. And again, he's a guy that actually can run the ball too. He can run between the tackles. Northwestern just didn't block well. So, I mean, he's a guy he had, a, I think it was about 900 yards rushing. Um uh, but he could have had a lot more if he was on a better team for sure. But I, I definitely thought uh, that was a sneaky good uh, draft pick by them, even though they didn't take my guy, Chase Brown, out of Illinois. Uh, finishing up here, kind of going with some high upside guys, which you know seems to be the Colts' uh, style. Sixth round, 34th pick in the sixth round, Titus Leo out of Wagner. Uh, just kind of when they took him, I was like, oh, this seems like the Colts. You know, late round, let's take a guy at a small school with a huge athletic profile, and let's just put him on there and see what he can do. Yeah, whenever you get into this, these later rounds, you're just basically trying to hit for some uh, home runs here. You just, you're just hoping that whatever you pick just works. And if you're going to bet on some guys later on in the draft with lower probabilities of hitting, you might as well take those high athletic guys that can hopefully hit their ceiling. Um, Chris Ballard seems to love these guys. And yeah, like you said, always seems to be at least one small school guy that he has to grab. 
Last two guys off the board, seventh round, fourth pick in the seventh round, uh, defensive back Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M. He was a guy I saw going a little higher in the draft, pre-draft rankings, but slipped to the seventh round. And then, again, they took another small school guy, a little bit of work in progress, but a big guy uh, in the 19th pick of the seventh round, offensive lineman Jake Witt out of Northern Michigan. Yeah, Jalen Jones, I, I also saw going a lot earlier. So wherever we got him late in the seventh round, I was very happy to see that we could get him there. Um, I'm sure like he'll probably be a pretty solid death piece if we can work on him a little bit. Um, and Jake Witt, yeah, he's one of those guys that we're just hoping can be one of those late round guys that can turn into a potential starter um, or have Worse, just a solid backup piece for your offensive line because, as we saw, backup offensive lineman uh, is definitely necessary in this league. Yeah, I just, uh, to me, and we always kind of talk about this as, as dynasty players, fantasy football players, kind of being a, a GM. This felt like a dynasty football players draft. You know what I'm saying? A dynasty owners draft. Cause you were going for, you're going for that value and dynasty and a fantasy football. You always want that value pick. You want that guy that you're like, Ooh, I wasn't going to take him, but now I get him here in this spot. I'll take him now. I felt like this whole draft was value, value, value all the way down the board for the Colts getting a guy around or two rounds later than you thought they were going to go. Yeah, I gotta say it was just so much value and upside. Like it, it just really felt like. I mean, Josh Downs is a great example. I know Darius Rush, Jalen Jones. Those guys were all projected to go earlier, and seeing them fall just made them such great value picks. Uh, some of them were positions of need too, so that even helped even more, especially for the Colts. Um, more real life, but yeah. It was a very, very solid draft. Moving on after the draft, let's talk about, let's get into some other guys we like on this team. Either guys we think, you know, sleepers or guys that, you know, maybe have bounce back years, especially for fantasy purposes. You go go ahead and you start it off. Give me a couple guys that you're kind of eyeing to see that, you know, you're like if you, if, you know, maybe in a redraft league you're grabbing or somebody maybe you're trading for in a dynasty league uh, that maybe his value is a little depressed right now, but you think might have a good bounce back. Yeah, so first guy that I'm really hoping has a decent year again is Michael Pittman. I mean, he had such high hopes going into last year with getting Matt Ryan as that quarterback upgrade, which, as we now know, was not necessarily much of an upgrade, but he still got... Uh, I believe he had 99 receptions. He didn't quite hit that 100 reception mark, but he still got 99 reception. He's still that alpha number one receiver for the Colts. I am hoping that he can bounce back and become that top 15 wide receiver that we were hoping him to be last year. I actually have him on my dynasty team already, so I'm definitely hoping that he can bounce back. Yeah, Pittman's a guy I'm going out there and I'm looking to buy. There's some people that are kind of out on him, especially after they saw the AR selection, and they just said, oh, they're not going to throw the ball. Oh, he's not going to be able to get it to him. And, and his value got depressed. I turned around, and I couldn't believe this, in, in my main home dynasty league, I was able to get him for a second and a third round pick, which I – I mean, no way. If you would have said last year, what do you want for Pittman? 
in a in a dynasty league, you're you're giving up at least a first and probably a yeah. first and a second. And that first might have been top five or six pick, or people aren't trading Pittman away. So I was stoked to get him. I I you know I'm going out and get him again. The narrative is that he had a bad year. He was down. You look at the stats; they were there. The stats were. Sorry about that. I think I froze up for a second there. <laughs> I, I'm I back. didn't know that was on my end. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was me. I think I froze for just, just a second there. But, yeah, I, I like Pittman, and I just – he's a guy, if you can get a decent price and you have an owner that's down on him or down on the Colts' offense in general, I, I'm throwing out trade offers right now and see what I can get for him. Because I, I, if you can get two seconds or a second and a third for him, I, I mean, I'm making that deal all day, every day. I got to say, especially because, like, it's not necessarily a buy like now, like window, like or not like for this coming year, like longer term. I, I think that he's going to be very good for the Colts. Um, I really believe that they're going to try to bring him back. And for the people that are saying like with Anthony Richardson being there, like, oh, what about the passing volume? Like, I feel like what the Eagles had and AJ Brown did pretty all right with Jalen Hurts. So I think Pittman can still be fine. I agree. And, and again, if you look at college stats for AR, his deep ball was really good. He had huge completion percentages. He was actually one of the top best in the class at throwing the deep ball. The issue for him was the moderate in, in between moderate range passes. That's really where he struggled on his completion percentages. If you can get the ball downfield to Pittman, I, I just think Pittman can have I, – I think maybe his catches go down a bit, but I think his yards possibly go up and his touchdowns go up because I don't know how the touchdowns can get any lower than they did last year. I mean, it, about halfway through the year, the end of the year, I mean, the offense just looked putrid. Um, and again, with no JT, there was no play action. Nobody was biting on it, and it was taking away all those deep routes. I think you add, you know, JT and the line and pound. I think the play action passing and and AR is a guy looked good play action passing at Florida. You get that play action passing going where he's not having to throw every play. I just think that just feeds into you know the type of quarterback he is, and and I love that. I love the fact that you a guy can throw the deep ball with a running game that the Colts have. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. I got to say, like, looking at his stats last year, I pulled him up, 99 receptions for 925 yards and four touchdowns. I definitely – I don't know if he'll hit that 100 receiving yard or 100 receptions mark this year with Anthony Richardson, but I definitely do agree. I feel like he can hit that 1,000 yards again this year and get, like, at least six or so touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if you take that down and you say, hey, I'm going to give you 80, 1100 and six or seven touchdowns for Pittman, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, absolutely, all day long. Right. But somehow he just barely missed those marks last year, and people are like, ooh, 
he's not going to be very good. Man, the guy just barely missed a thousand yards and he had almost a hundred catches. I mean, the touchdowns were down at four, but we know in fantasy football, I mean, touchdowns, you just never know where you're going to get. I mean, how many years did Julio Jones, you know, end up with one or two or three touchdowns? You're like, man, the guy had a great year. He just got, didn't have any TDs. So I'm still on uh, Pittman. And a, a guy that to go along with that, as we talk about this wide receiver crew, Alec Pierce, I, I thought he showed some glances last year. He didn't have a lot of opportunities, but I was looking back at his stats. He had over 40 catches and 500 yards and a couple touchdowns last year. So, I mean, you think about how bad this offense looked most of the year, and these guys still put up those decent enough stats. I mean, this actually got me a little more excited than I was for them going in, and I'm like, oh, I like Alec Pierce here. And, I, again, I had a team where I had Alec Pierce and Downs came up on the board, and I was like, I'm taking them both. I don't care. I, I don't I don't care about doubling up on the same team, having both guys. I want to see who hits. I want to have the opportunity that those guys hit. I'm going to go with talent over going, oh, yeah. water, have a guy on that team. I don't want to take another guy. And I just, again, Alec Pierce feels like he is perfect for AR. That big guy that oh can run down that. the sideline and just go up and make the catches, and AR just got to get it close to him. Again, I feel like this wide receiver core is, is just really good for him. They – Reports are that Pierce has put on quite a bit of weight. Um, already a tall guy, 6'3", 6'4", about 210 last year. They say he's already put on maybe 5 to 10 pounds and, and weight is getting a full weight room. You know, some of these guys, you know, colleges aren't all the same. And people don't realize that. Some of these college programs, the weight program at some of these schools is a lot different than at some of these other schools. And, uh, and I think, you know, him just getting in that one year uh, of seeing how everybody else works out see how the professionals do, do it. I just think it makes a lot of sense to me. I just see a big jump for him. Again, is he going to be wide receiver two numbers? I don't know about that, but I think he's a guy that could sneak in uh, as a top you know, 40 wide receiver and be a guy that's a reasonable flex play or a, a guy you can play in the buys. I mean, I don't think 50, 60 catches and you know, 800 yards and a couple touchdowns are out of the realm of possibility for Alec Pierce. Yeah, definitely not. I got to say, he's definitely a guy that could be a potential flex starter this year. Um, the biggest thing, like one of the biggest things in fantasy football to me is second-year receivers always seem to progress and do better their second year. Um, like, we've seen it time after time after time, and I feel like Alec Pierce is one of those guys that can definitely improve going into his second year, and he's just going to be I, I feel like such a value at where you're going to get him at ADP this year. Yeah, it seems like his ADP is really depressed. And also with the Pittman situation, like you said, with people going AR, how, how often are they going to throw the ball? How accurate is he going to be? He just feels like a steal right now to me in drafts. If I'm going uh, any new startup leagues I'm in, he's going way – I mean, I'm getting him way late. Half the time I look down and I'm like, I can't believe he's still there. And – even a round or two later, I'm like, ooh, should I take another guy? Because I don't know if anybody else will take him, especially if I'm not yeah. in a league with Colts fans. I know he's going to probably fall a little bit farther. So I, I've been uh, I've been like waiting around for him, and I've been getting him in great spots. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been trading for him. If, if, you know, everybody I know was trying to get him from me last year in leagues, and it feels like people are willing to offer him up this year. So I, I'm definitely – he's a guy uh, I'm, I'm definitely out there going for. Another guy that just – because of opportunity, I like Jelani Woods. I just feel like he showed some yes. stuff last year. You know, 
sometimes we get a little bit um, spoiled if a guy has a big season. They're all the rookie tight ends had pretty solid years last year, and we're used to taking two, three years, almost three years, is when we really wait to see when those rookie, those young tight ends, you know, kind of bust out and really be fantasy relevant. But the landscape of tight end is so weak you know, this last couple of years that these young guys are getting opportunities and they're actually becoming playable earlier because anybody outside that top four or five guys, it feels like six to 20 could be anybody. And so taking these young guys and giving them an opportunity makes sense to me. And I just like what I saw out of them last year, especially as a red zone target. Yeah. The potential with Jelani Woods is just so high. Like I'm one of those guys that I'm just like, pretty high upside wherever I go into fantasy football drafts, especially just because like you're playing in a league with nine to 11 other people normally in most leagues. So your chances of winning already are so low. Um, sometimes you got to take those high upside swings. And Jelani Woods to me is one of those high upside swings. Like his athleticism is off the charts. He was the number one ranked athletic tight end in all of RAS history. And now he's going to have a quarterback that is mobile. It just, it seems like the Colts really want him to succeed and are going to give him the opportunity to do that. I feel like he's what they wanted Mo Alley Cox to be. Now I like Mo Alley, but man, the guy is just not that athletic. He's kind of a stumbler rumbler. Uh, You know, he's got okay hands. I just feel like, like Jelani Woods is the is the more improved, better athletic, all around, better Mo Alley Cox and a lot younger. And I just That's feel really like point, yeah. he's that guy that is he gonna get a million catches? No. But again, where you're drafting him or you're you're playing him, you're just looking at that upside of a touchdown, two touchdowns with a couple catches. You know, because again, if you're drafting a guy and playing a guy in that that level anyway you're not expecting a whole lot in most games. So if you can get three or four catches, 40, 50 yards, and throw a touchdown in, man, you're happy. And I think that's where he's a guy that's a high upside play for me this year. And I and I like him, especially in tight end premium leagues, or if you're in like a two tight end league where you got to start two guys, I would love for him to be my second tight end. I just think, you know, because yeah, then any of that stuff's that. bonus for you. I love that. Kylan Granson's a guy that's interesting. If you've been, I've been sitting on him in a couple, a couple taxi squads for the last few years. He's a guy that feels like he might get in there and play a little bit of that slot role. He's not really a blocker, but I like when you can match him up with Jelani. And again, yes. I like the idea. We start playing this 12 personnel, two tight ends, running the football, then all of a sudden play action, start throwing it to you know guys over the middle, get Granson on a play action deep down the middle. I just feel like those plays can happen. And he's a guy, you know, again, in a regular league, you know, 10 team, 12 team league, no tight end premium. He's a guy you're probably not rostering. But if you're in a deeper dynasty league, a 14 team league, a 16 team league with premium, and you got to play any kind of, you know, one or two tight ends, he's a guy I want. He's a guy I think could be sneaky. Yeah, I got to say, they definitely gave him a lot of more opportunity than I was expecting this past year, especially with them drafting Woods and stuff. Like, he got 40 targets this past year. And I mean, I know 40 isn't that big of a number or anything, but they were just giving him opportunities. And I think that year three, that's kind of around the 
time where tight ends start to really like come into fantasy football. I know you said that earlier. Um, I definitely think that he could potentially take another step forward and try to earn more targets and more receptions for himself. Let's uh, jump to the defense real quick. Let's talk a little bit about this defense. I, I'm i high on this group. They had a lot of injuries last year. Obviously, Shaq Leonard, you know, it's, it's a different team without him. But, man, they got some guys that set up. Zaire Franklin had a monster year. Obviously, they lost uh, Bobby Okereke. He's gone. Um, they've had some injuries in, in the secondary. On paper, I don't know. People might be like, I don't know this guy. He hasn't proved himself. But I think they got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And it's just, can they put it together and can they stay healthy? Because they're a D-line. Let, let's start with a D-line. I mean, DeForest Buckner, absolute beast. You know, Colts have made some bad trades for first-round picks in the last couple of years. 100% slam dunk. They won that trade. Not even close. It was a great move for him. He is, if you play in a, an IDP league where you have a defensive tackle, grab DeForest Buckner absolute beast the guy you know gets tackles he gets pressures from the inside i mean you saw games where he didn't play last year and it was a completely different defense when he wasn't in the middle yeah the rush defense without deforest buckner just is abysmal i know we saw it a couple of years ago whenever we played played the titans and deforest wasn't in derrick henry just went bananas on us mm-hmm. DeForest yeah, so I, I think yeah, DeForest, I mean, obviously one of the best in the business. He he's a top three to four defensive tackle in the entire league. You know, you get Grover Stewart next to him, just a guy that really fills the hole. I mean, Grover's just doing the dirty work. So he's a perfect guy to put next to a Buckner. And then making some changes at defensive end. They let Noel uh, Noel Kugo in, but I'm excited about what this defensive end group can do. Is it breakout quitty pay year? I feel like he started, we really started to see flashes from him. And then I you, you know, finally coming around from that Keeley's tear uh, pre-draft coming out of Vanderbilt where he slipped in the draft and they got him because of the injury. I feel like those, both of those guys could really turn it up in year three for each of them. Yeah. Another year in the Gus Bradley defensive scheme, I definitely think we'll just do just help them as they come along, um, definitely Quiddy. I, I am so hopeful for Quiddy. Um, this is, I, I feel like this is the year because we've seen the flashes. We've seen that he can actually be productive. Now it's just, hopefully everything comes together for him. Um, and like you said, hurricane Dio, I'm super excited to see him back at full strength after that Achilles. Yeah, in an IDP league, Quiddy's a guy I'm out there grabbing. DN, if you don't have him or you're looking for somebody, I just think he's got potential. You really saw flashes last year. Man, there were some games you're like, whoa, this is the Quiddy pay we drafted. This is why we went and got this guy. Now there's other games you just you didn't see much out of him. But I feel like he's he's a guy that can put it together this year. They could get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I, I just love it. It just makes uh, – you know, the guys on the inside that much more valuable when those guys can get pressure on the outside. Now the linebacker crew, this is, this is the one where it's really going to be interesting to see. Can this group pull together? They really good two years ago. Shaq has been hurt. Obviously. I mean, 
looking at him going to the top of that second round, people were kind of questioning it when they originally took a guy out of South Carolina State. But, man, he just burst on the scene. I had a couple IEP leagues. I took him with, like, the last pick in the draft. And he ended up winning me two leagues where he was, like, a top five scorer in IDP overall. Like, a whole, I, I had one league. He was the number two scorer behind Todd Gurley when Todd Gurley had his absolute monster breakout year. So he's a guy I just oh, – I feel so bad he's been out. He's been hurt, but it's really killed the Colts not to have his energy, his playmaking. He's just a guy that always seems to make the big plays, the takeaway when you need it. I'm really hoping that he gets back to full strength, and I think that might end up being the key to this defense. If he comes back, I really like this defense as that. If he sits out another year, oh, it's going to be really tough to sign him and 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 put any money into him. But without Okareki gone, you know, like I said – Franklin really stepped in and was great in Leonard's spot last year. But if it's just Franklin again against the EJ Speed, uh, some of these other guys, I, I, I'm really worried if Shaq doesn't play uh, what this linebacker crew looks like. Yeah, one of the Colts' strengths has always been their linebacking room. And that was headed by Shaq Leonard. And I mean, he, like you said, his energy just brought so much to the Colts' defense. He was always the guy like if you needed that game winning play he was the guy that was going to make it but yeah the loss of Okereke is going to be tremendous like um especially if Shaq doesn't play because Zaire is really good EJ Speed is fun to watch but we haven't really seen him in that full-time starting role yet and then I know like we got some other guys like Jojo Doman and stuff like that but really the depth is going to be a lot thinner this year than what we had in previous years. So if Shaq is out, it's going to hurt a lot more this year than it did in years past. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts. If he's not coming along at the, at the time and the rate they wanted to see them go out there and get some, maybe some of these veteran guys, maybe go out and get like, Miles Jack, who the Steelers cut, uh, you know, I could see him go and get some of these guys going, Hey, we got to have some, you know, veterans, some, some people. So I hope that they've got a list already put together just in case, uh, you know, Shaq Leonard he, for IDP purposes, he's the guy that is just a question mark. I've tried to trade for him and get the downslide in some leagues, hoping so many people just like, Oh, he's hurt. I'm over it. But there's too many people still hold. You know, they're like, oh, but if he if he hits, I, I don't want to get rid of him. And I understand that. I've got him a couple leagues, and I don't want to get rid of him either. It'd be really tough for me to trade him away. Uh, Franklin, obviously, was just a monster with all the tackles he made last year. I think he kind of stays in that. Uh, let's jump to the secondary real quick. Interesting group. McLeod, a guy, a veteran they signed. They thought, you know, maybe he'd be a backup. He kind of, like, some leadership while well, they ended up playing them all year and he had a really solid year, but then they let him go after this year. I was kind of surprised to see they didn't re-sign him. He went to the Cleveland Browns, but they got Blackman who I like a lot, but has had injury uh, issues uh, throughout his career. Nick cross, a guy they traded up for last year out of Maryland, super athletic. Many people thought he was going to be the starter going in the season. He kind of, you know, played some, but they kind of pulled him back. It just felt like he wasn't quite ready. Um, I read some articles and stuff that are talking about, like, he's a super athletic guy, but he was thinking too much, so it was killing his athleticism. He just was a little behind on plays and do all that. They're hoping another year in the system will help him. So he's a guy in the mix there. You obviously saw they they, they drafted a safety um, coming in. You know, they added a couple cornerbacks. 
you know, we've had injuries with more being hurt, you know, at the nickelback when he was healthy, he was fantastic two years ago. Uh, so this secondary, I feel like it's got a ton of potential. I like the guys they have. Now the question is, can they put it together and play well as a unit? Yeah, this secondary is a very high ceiling, but also a low floor uh, kind of room. Like you said, Julian Blackman injury issues. Nick Cross, he's super young. I mean, he just turned 21 just like a couple months ago. So, like, he, he's super young, still developing. Um, a guy that you haven't mentioned that I love is Isaiah Rogers. Um, I really love seeing him on the field. I think that he should have been starting last year, but he wasn't. Either way, I'm hoping he gets that opportunity this year to show himself because whenever we have saw him, he seems to make plays. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we get to see more. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he, he's a guy I thought it really showed out. He played way better than people thought he would last year, but. I think that could be a big key for the Colts is how does that linebacker crew and that secondary crew uh, form? Can they stay healthy and can the young guys step up? Because if they don't, man, we got a great front line, but it might be ugly behind them uh, if if they can't get it together. So that's going to be an interesting key to see kind of how, which has usually been a very good Colts defense and a very turnover happy defense uh, to see if they can kind of keep that up. All right. Here, uh, quickly, let's jump into the schedule real quick. Let's kind of get predictions, see games we're looking at. Man, the, the biggest thing is one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. So while the Colts have been a little bit down, they kind of lucked out on the with the schedule makers just the way it worked this year with them getting the uh, NFC South, and then they also got uh, the AFC North. North, thank you. Yes, a- yeah, AFC North. Is, uh, so I think I kind of looked out a little bit with the schedule makers, and then you know, obviously they're the division in the uh, AFC South's a little bit iffy. Uh, just the you know with the Texans and the Titans and what's going on with them. So so one of the easier schedules if you just look at compared to last year on on the list. This team, you know, a lot of close games last year played terrible and at points in the season, but also looked kind of competent you know they beat the chiefs at home i was at that game it was it was very frustrating they had the eagles down the whole game and lost at the very end on a i think it was a third or fourth down along where they ran up the middle on a qb keeper from hertz and he scored they were losing by a point so a lot of close games on a team that was banged up and had terrible qb play i guess that's why i go into this season with a decent amount of hope i don't need ar to be all world we just need ar to be average or slightly above average in in reality. And if everybody else plays the way they're supposed, if the O-line gets healthy, we get old JT, you know, he had one year of injuries. I'd rather have it last year when they were already in trouble. I'd rather, if he's going to have a down year and an injury riddled year, I'm glad it was last year. So we got a higher draft pick and got AR. So I think he bounces back. I like JT. He's another guy fantasy. If people are out on him, his 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 cost to acquire is way low this year compared to last year. Last year, I mean, you were giving up multiple first round picks. You're having to do some crazy stuff if you wanted to get them. His price is probably you know it's not cheap, but it's more reasonable this year if you want to go out and get him. I'm still trying to grab him away from some people. I've got a few guys are still holding on tough, but I got a few leagues I'm trying to uh, to steal him away at. Um, 
but talk about some of the games you you like on the schedule. Yeah, obviously some cool matchups of some rookie start. But the biggest thing Colts fans complaining about, and me personally complaining about, no primetime games whatsoever. And almost the entire schedule is, you know, 1 p.m. games. So everything's early uh, right now. The, the 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 biggest game on the schedule is the Patriots. And of course they're playing in Germany, which, you know, that's really cool, but I hate to see that game go over there. I'd rather see them play the Jags or somebody else over there. And instead of, uh, of getting the, the Patriots game over there with that rivalry, uh, kind of what are, I'm going to pull up the schedule here. Show uh, kind of tell me about some of the games you're looking forward to or interesting matchups you think for the year. Yeah. So one of the, more interesting ones is the one that we just talked about actually is the Patriots. Um, we know it's a rivalry between the Colts and the Patriots as always, but not only that, but Bill Belichick is known for his defenses against rookie quarterbacks. Um, so I'm very curious. I feel like that's a, going to be a very big test for Anthony Richardson. And I am curious to see how he does against the Patriots there week 10. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, super interesting, kind of how it goes there. I mean, this I've, I've been talking to people. I'm probably a little higher on this Colts team than most people are. I, You know, Vegas has the odds at six and a half over under wins. They've got them a little bit favored to go over that six wins. I like the over just the way the schedule works out. I know some people are just like, nope, no way. They're going to be terrible. I, I could see it. I really could see it going both ways. I could see this team really surprising and, and people getting to 10 and seven and kind of being in the mix in the division. But I also could see where one or two injuries happen. AR just isn't ready at all. And this team just bombs out and wins like three games. I, I, I definitely could see it going either way. But I think this team's going to be way more competitive than people think. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I got to say, I, I feel like they're going to be a tough out no matter who they play. Um, I don't know necessarily if they'll get to like the 10 win mark. I would say like ceiling for me is probably around nine wins on the season. But I mm-hmm. could also see them being like a top five, top three pick again this year. But it's one of those things where I feel like last year we saw a lot of blowouts. We saw a lot of very bad games i feel like this year is going to be different just because i feel like anthony richardson just raises the floor of the offense that we're going to see a lot more closer games than what we did last year i agree with you i I just think I think they're not that far behind the Jags. I know everybody because of the way the Jags made the playoffs and, and, and won that dramatic game against the Chargers that people are way high on them. I like the Jags. I think they're better. Um, I don't think they're clear cut like five, six, seven, eight, ten games better than everyone in this conference or this division. So I think there's a there's a chance they could possibly, you know, be in the mix with them. Uh, Jags have much tougher schedule. I think the Jags are a better team. Don't get me wrong. Right now, I think they're definitely a better team, uh, but they definitely have the harder schedule. You know, the question I think it comes down to the Colts, how do you play in the two games against the Titans? How do you play in the two games against the Texans? Those are winnable games. Do you split those games? Do you go two and two or do you go four and oh? Well, if you go four and oh in those games, there's some other winnable games on the schedule, and that's where I like it. I, you know, at Baltimore, I think that's a loss. The Rams at home is very interesting. That's a winnable game. They should have beat them two years ago when they played them and they blew that game. Yeah, I, I yeah. that, that game's going to be interesting. I, again, like you said, I think there's going to, these are going to be a lot of close games. One score games are going to be in the mix. I think that Rams game is winnable. 
Uh, you know, Cleveland is, is probably a loss, but I'm not totally sold on Cleveland. I guess it depends and, how Deshaun Watson to tell plays, you the right? Exactly. I'm not totally sold on Cleveland. Uh, you know, the Saints, that's going to be an interesting game. The fact that they get the Saints at home. I Obviously, on the road, I think that's probably a game they, they really struggle with. But at home, at that point in the season, they've got a little bit of, of room. I think they're in the mix there. Now they're at Carolina. Obviously, you know, Frank Reich revenge game. That's going to be interesting. Now, could they win? I think they could win that game. I think they're closer to Carolina than people, you know, give them credit for. Uh, but that will be an interesting game. Say they lose that one. I I like if this New England game in Germany, I just feel like there's no way they win this game. I don't know why. I think as a team, I think they're just as good, if not better, than the, the Patriots. I really think they do. But I just think this matchup, the way it works, going to Germany, playing an early game against Bill Belichick, to me it just feels like that's one of the one games that everything is going against them on that game. So I do not like them in that game. But then they get the bye week, and they're at home for Tampa Bay. That's a winnable game. I mean, who knows yes. what's going to be happening? Is it, you know, with Tampa Bay's quarterback play at that point? You know, I think that's a winnable game for sure. Then you're, you know, at Tennessee, like I said, that's a big one. Throw up, uh, you know, toss up game. You know, is Tennessee hurt? Are they good at that point? Are they bad? And are they starting to tank? Do they get Will Levis in there? You just never know where they're going at that point. And, and you know, Colts have proven they can win at Tennessee. So that's going to be a winnable game at Cincinnati. You feel like that one's got blowout written all over it. Uh, yeah. Probably at that point, they're probably in big trouble. Uh, home against the Steelers, that's a, a, a to-be-announced game. So usually they they play the Texans on a Thursday night. Is typically been what they've done in the past is play there on a Thursday. That is not the case this year. So that's a game that maybe ends up being a Thursday game. They've got it slotted for a Sunday. We'll see what happens. I like the Steelers a lot this year. Everybody knows Steelers are my second team. You know, Steelers are technically my first team because I grew up loving the Steelers. Colts are kind of my second team. I think the Steelers win that game. Uh, it was a great game last year uh, in the Dome on that uh, Monday night game. I think Steelers win that game. I was at that game. That was a crazy game. Uh, you know, a good mix there. I uh, excited the game. I hadn't seen the Steelers uh, uh Colts play in quite a few years. So pumped to get to see them back to back years is pretty awesome. At, at the Falcons is gonna be a toughie, but I think a winnable game. I think the Falcons are gonna be much improved, but I just I don't look at the Falcons and go, hey, the Falcons are hands down better than the Colts. I just don't see it. They seem very similar type of teams to me. Uh so I think that's gonna be a close game. Getting Vegas late in the year, I think, is an absolute win. Getting Vegas end of the year, I think they're going to be terrible at that point. I have, I just do not trust them this year. That this year at all, I don't think they're going to be healthy, and I think they're going to be tank mode by then. I think that's a, a win, and then you get Houston of the year. Because like I said, there's going to be some toss up games in there, but I think this team is closer to 500 than people are thinking they are. I know a lot of people think, yeah, maybe they're you know top one of the worst five teams in the league. I think there's some really bad teams out there, to be honest with you. I think there's at least four or five total tank teams out there. And so I think this, I think they're going to be a little bit uh, higher up than they can. And I think it really comes down to Tennessee Houston games. If they sweep those games and go four and against them, I mean, you've got a good shot. If you can beat the Rams at home, you can beat the Raiders at home. That gets you to six wins. You got Tampa Bay at home. That could be seven right there. All of a sudden, okay, can we sneak out a maybe one win against Jacksonville? Can we sneak out a win against the Saints at home? You know, right there, I think this Cleveland. team can, you know, 
at Cle- you know Cleveland, you're at, at at Atlanta. So I mean, I think this team can be right around that eight nine wins if they go. Like I said, I think high end they win ten if they if they if they comes together, everybody health, stays healthy, the defense plays well. I think they can win ten high end. I think you're right, like nine and eight, eight and nine. But I actually think in the AFC, it's going to be a battle this year. I think they eight and nine or nine and eight might make the playoffs in the AFC this year, just because the way the schedule uh, works out, there's a ton of good teams that are going to be beating each other up all year that are going to be right in that nine and eight, 10 and seven range. So again, my high expectations, but I think this team is not a tank team. I think this team is better than people uh, realize. Now, obviously a few things go wrong injury here or there. Maybe it becomes a tank situation and they are only four or five wins, but I, I just, I probably have a little more hope than I think some people do about this team this year. Yeah. I mean, if, if what you say like does occur with like the sweeping Houston and sweeping Tennessee, that it does change the season quite a bit because I know, like you said, with like Atlanta, like, I mean, I really like their team, but to me, Desmond Brader is a big question mark. I personally don't know what to think about him yet. There's a lot of questions to be answered about him. Like you said, the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, that could be an absolute mess by the time we get to them. Because who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is out, who do they get? Carson Wentz, potentially? That would be a heck of a game. Carson Wentz on the Raiders back at the (laughs) Colts. That would be interesting. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I that would be an entertaining game. I would say that. That is for sure. Yeah, I just I just think this team is going to be better than people. And like you said, I think it's they're just going to be more competitive. Now, do they end up yep. getting all the wins? Maybe not. Maybe they lose a lot of close games. But it, it just feels like the excitement is definitely there this year uh, over past years. And I just feel like this team was definitely more in the mix. I just I just think that at least the games are going to be close. At least we're going to have a little more excitement on offense. I just think they got so conservative uh, at the end. And and I like Frank Wright as as a coach. I've told people that. I don't know if I was for the firing or anything that happened, but it just felt like they had bottom out and there was just, they couldn't figure their way out of it. And so it was just kind of frustrating um, because you just felt like this team should be better than they were performing. And it just felt like this team got crazy conservative the worst times and it i i don't know why that is um but i'm excited for this year even you know again i you know usually never root for losing season you don't want your team to be bad but at least i feel like we're on the way up i mean the colts at yes. this point i think i saw something the other day they're either the youngest or the second youngest team in the entire league so that says something i mean the lot of youth I'll, one thing is to be young, but another thing is to be young and good. And I think they're young and good. I think they have a lot of talent, good players. So I think the you know, I think it's we're looking up. I, I think the high side is. I think if, as a Colts fan, you've got to be excited about, about the future, don't you? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, again, this year I'm not exactly having the highest hopes because, like you said, I feel like it's going to be a lot of one score ish games. And the reason I lean more against us winning a lot of those games is just the experience side because we got Steichen, first-time head coach, Anthony Richardson, new starting quarterback. Uh, a lot of, a lot of young talent on this team. I just feel like all that inexperience could lead to more losses than wins in those close games. 
but 2024 and moving forward, I feel like we're building this team the right way. We're on a quarterback with a rookie contract now. Um, I feel like we can do so much with this team now. I'm very excited for not necessarily this this season. I'm excited for the potential and seeing what we, uh, what the ceiling can be, but I'm more excited for 2024 on. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I just, I think, you know, hopefully the potential's there. Hopefully they have a solid year. We see improvement out of a lot of these young guys. And then, yeah, 2024, you feel like it just rolls all together and picks up. So, yeah, as a, as a Colts fan, uh, you know, obviously excited about what what is the possibilities and, and you know, hopefully AR is the man. We'll see. We'll see if it ends up being him, Minshew. I mean, a lot of summer to go here, a lot of things to do. But uh, I appreciate you coming on here, Luke, and talking to me. Uh, let everybody know, again, uh, where they can find you, either social media, all the stuff you do uh, online and, and fantasy football and NFL related. Yeah, so the biggest place to find me is on my Twitter. It is at Luke Verkamp, no spaces. So it's basically my name that you see here, just at Luke Verkamp. I post a lot of my uh, Colts training camp photos on there. I post fantasy football threads throughout the summer, along with other stuff Colts related. Um, Also, Blue Stable, at the Blue underscore Stable. We have a lot of writers that talk about it. Colts football. I know last year I did a Colts fantasy football draft or pass article. Um, so I will probably be doing that again this year. So yeah, that's basically my main places to find me. Every stable their YouTube channel, subscribe to them. They get all kinds of good content on there. I've jumped on there, a bunch of different stuff. So that's always great. We appreciate you checking us out. You can find me at JT Orange on Twitter. You also can the page at T Bruce Stew, where you can check out our all our articles, anything we've got going on. You can rewatch the shows on Dynasty Pros Football YouTube channel and also on Spotify. Thanks for joining us on The Stew with JT Brew. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. Again, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Luke. Thank you. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and.